0: Toilet episode. Here we go! Here it comes! Yeah! We talk games! Full cool bullshit and energy! Our focus always rambles off topic! But we keep on going, for anyway! TT Schmoo gets some robots, sex spots! Oh. Stinky stinks so bad he smells! Beware of Skull Enterprise on. It's sure to be a mega hit. This is We Talk Games Arcade Weekly, an arcade review show brought to you each Monday free of charge from your friends over at wetalkgames.com. It's the J&K Connection. We're back. And boy, does it feel so good. I'm Kyle Von and I'm joined along with John E. Capcom. Yes, sir. Now, Shivani, we're going off script this time because, you know, if you're new <laughs> to the show... You may have heard us talk about this run sheet. We have a run sheet of all these games that we're going to play, and it moves around sometimes. But for the most part, we are loaded up up until 2020, I believe, as far as the games that we're going to be discussing and reviewing. But this time I reached out to John and I said, hey, John, it's, it's been too long since we've had a, a Denver The Last Dinosaur reference on our show. Why don't you pick a game? <laughs> we'll play it and review it. So, John, why don't you tell the listeners what game we'll be discussing this week and why you picked it? The we'll discussion this week is
1: Mystic Warriors, hmm. which is a Konami joint yeah. from the uh, the mid nineties. And um, the reason I picked it was because I actually always wanted to play it. I only found out about it like maybe three or four years ago. Okay, it's obviously a Sunset Riders uh, spiritual sequel. Shall we say? Yeah. And Sunset Riders is my favorite arcade game, like of all time. I just really wanted to try this one out. It looked like more Sunset Riders, and um, I figured it'd make for a, an illuminating episode. It's not a game; I think that's well known. No, I didn't uh, know about and the it. Fact, yeah, I, like I was going to say, the fact that I'm uh, like such a big Sunset Riders fan, and I only found out about it like a year ago.
0: It's a hidden gem. Yeah, this game must have come out immediately after Sunset Riders, and we know that this game came out. After it, because there's advertisements for Sunset Riders within Mystic Warriors. But they both yeah. came out in 1991. They're both by Konami, and they are both in this sort of you could call it an action game, but I would call it a brawler slash shooter. Let's call it a brooder. You're going left to right and shooting guys up with shurikens instead of six shooters. Let me just run down the plot real quick of what I gleaned from this game. I just plunked my quarters in and played. I I didn't read too much, except for, obviously, what I referenced at the top of the show, some of the excellent English that you will see. You can't avoid it. But this is what I gleaned from the story of Mystic Warriors. Dr. Claw abducts your unappreciated friend, and now it's up to you and maybe two other players to whip your shurikens into the faces of evil and giant robotic dongs.
1: Well, what I thought so the story was, was there was a meeting of the local anime society, mm. and they were all cosplaying. Okay. And, and then uh, so, so someone from a rival or group came along
0: and stole one of your numbers away, so they had to go uh, rescue <laughs> them back. I like this. There's definitely a, a cosplay <laughs> vibe because the de facto leader of this group, Spiros, is totally a white face. Trying to pass.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so, John, hit me, hit me with some of your making mechanics, because I touched on Sunset Riders. came out in 1991 by yes. Konami. And the only other game I thought of, and it's more of a game that it came out later, but if you like this game, you'll enjoy Mystic Warriors, is Gunstar well, Heroes for the Psychogenesis, Genesis. It came out in 1993 by Treasure.
1: Well, obviously, it's a Konami game. So, Contra, I thought, was a bit of an influence on it. Ah, especially okay. if they run and go the multiple uh, platforms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There was an effect where a kind of bridge collapsed underneath me, and then it was you know, managing an open, and down platform section. Mm-hmm. I realized that there was a bit of a Contra influence there. Uh, same company, obviously. Yeah. I'm not sure how video games are made, <laughs> but um, I'm, sure, I'm sure you can insert elements like that pretty easily, especially if you've got the code laying around. Shinobi is another series that I think had an influence here. Okay. Especially when you look at the original Shinobi in the arcade, it had that kind of thrown-in just there, but if you get close to the guy, you can do your melee attack. Mm. Strider is another game I kind of felt was uh, maybe an influence here. Even just like the um, crescent shape that you create in your melee section,
0: the way they climb the walls is quite stridery. Yeah, this just a ninja thing. Yeah, you're not whipping about as much as you are in Strider, but I do see, especially thematically, obviously. But I do see the climbing yeah. mechanic and the, the wall clinging mechanic being the same. Sure.
1: And it's got that
0: future samurai thing. Yes, contemporary sci-fi
1: samurai. I don't really. It's a common theme throughout a lot of games, and it still continues. It was a Metal Gear Rising: Revengeance.
0: Right. So you got an eight-way joystick, and you got two buttons, jump and fire. You don't do a hell of a lot past that. There's no sort of button combinations to do super moves. Um, There are power-ups along the way where you can power up your shuriken. Each player can improve their shuriken shot three levels. And there's also these orbs that you can pick up, which are like, you're screen clearing bombs and some magic happens there's also a shield very similar in look to the shield in sonic the hedgehog where that orb goes around you we're dealing with very big sprites on very cinematic backgrounds and i say that because every stage in this game i felt was very intentional and a set piece nothing felt like filler in this game which was a nice change-up for a game in this genre because brawlers again it's a 60-40 split there was a lot of junk out there a lot of filler this game is definitely not filler it has some things that i wish were improved upon but the stage design and the um, ideas behind what you're doing in each stage are very interesting and they're always changing it up and what I mean is, there's snowboarding levels, there's minecart levels, there's jumping from airplane to airplane levels. So you're on a train, you're on a truck. There's, you know, a giant gorilla tank. There's the giant rocket dong I, I mentioned. Um, there's yeah. a lot happening in the game. It might not be the deepest mechanically, but as far as stage and level design is concerned, I think there's a lot here the
1: backgrounds and all that are the things I think they put the most effort in because the game mechanics themselves haven't really changed in Sunset Riders.
0: Yeah. They're so close together, you know? It's how much could they do in maybe a few months between these two games?
1: But, I mean, I think they just refined that process a little bit. Right. And then
0: put all the effort into
1: the backgrounds and the music, and they were able to actually put a little bit of extra time into those things. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you. As as I said, Sunset Riders is my favorite arcade game, Mm -hmm. but I think this game is a more complete experience. Okay. This
0: game is definitely Uh, longer. I don't know about that. I feel like this game was longer, and I could be wrong on that. I didn't count the stages, but there was a couple moments in this game I'm like, wow, it's still going. I'm still playing this game. Well, this is the thing, though, I think in a
1: lot of arcade games, where... What was the one we played... um, Mutant Fighter. I think it was Cadillac. Oh, yeah, of course, Mutant Fighter. But uh, no, it was a Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, I think. I'd only ever played like two or three stages of that game in the arcades. Yeah. And then you sit down to play it, and you're there going, who is ever going to get to these levels?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who robbed their parents of this many quarters?
1: Yeah, and with the Sunset Riders, if that game feels like you've beaten it, then it just reveals you're only halfway. I think you beat those two brothers. Yep. And then it goes, oh, actually, no, there's the racist Indian guy, the racist Mexican guy, (laughs) and uh, Ric Flair. And you have to beat all three of them. Richard Rose.
0: Mystic Warriors um, has a similar storyline as Sunset Riders, with that, where your friend's stolen, spoil alerts, and about halfway through the game, the friend's recovered, but then ultimate sacrifice happens. Let's talk about the characters. And how they work in which friend gets abducted. Because it's not a, an NPC. It's one of the five people you can choose from at the beginning of the game. Depending on who you pick is who is abducted. So it's the person that isn't picked. Because, again, this is a four-player brooder, as I called it at the top of the show. <laughs> so you have Spyros, the white face wannabe samurai... I really like the cosplay reference that you made because it is fitting. You also have Brad. He's a Wesley Bo- Snipes. Yeah, Wesley Snipes as a Buddhist monk, <laughs> and he's got his prayer beads going on. You got Kima, who is this <clears throat> blue-haired ninja, looks like a kabuki performer. You got Kojiro, a samurai-like ninja. And then Yuri, which is the only female character. And, uh, you know, of course, she's scantily clad. And so depending on who you pick from that lot of five another character within that group will be abducted. And so you're rescuing them. And there's some voiceovers happening and sampling. So the characters will actually call out each other's names. And there's this whole story with tears and you know ultimate sacrifices and whatnot. You're going after this evil organization called Skull. It is not an abbreviation. It is just called Skull. And <laughs> it's just a group of evil ninjas that want to fuck shit up. And it's your job to stop them. And they... Fuck shit up by employing huge mech suits and rockets and and everything else for these big sprite boss battles.
1: That's all flavor stuff, I suppose. Sure, it doesn't really matter why things are happening in a game like this. It's all about how fun is the game itself to play. Yeah, and saying that, I did like the kind of sci-fi samurai thing, mm-hmm. especially when it was mixed with the absolute nineties dude of <laughs> totally. the, the, the voice acting. There's a not joke in here. It is, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Just Immediately when I saw that, I was there going, oh, I bet God I love this game.
0: I did. I really did. Uh, it's very, it very, It hit a lot of nostalgic notes for me. It's very 90s-tude, with ninjas running around with bitching shades. It's not as weird as some of the other brawlers or shooters that we've played. Take, yeah. It takes itself seriously, which I guess makes it more endearing, that it's not trying to be campy. It's just trying to be cool. It's trying real hard to be cool. And I think, especially for the time, it probably was considered very cool. I never saw one of these in the wild. If I did, I would have loved it back in the day. The music was very contemporary. Mm. Like, if I'd have
1: played that as a kid, I'd have been like, holy shit, this is basically the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles soundtrack, but better. Like, yeah. it's that, like, kind of CNC Music Factory, not quite hip hop sound. Right. But. With that weird contemporary Japanese kind of electronic thing to it as well.
0: Definitely. Kind of, definitely. Really. Techno synth pop, Asian infused. It's 90s. It's good. I would go out on a limb and say that it's the game's strongest attribute is its music, which is not something we normally say for arcade titles. The game's very fun and the art direction is great. As far as well-animated sprites and lots of different environments and interesting cause and effects with explosions and hazards. But I really dug the music on this. I think the music is real strong and real good. Each yeah, level it's- it had its own unique, you know, signature when it came to music. And it's something that I think you should play just to hear these tunes.
1: Yeah, I, I was playing with headphones. Uh, obviously, I put the headphones into the arcade cabinet.
0: Yes. And um <laughs> <A> little solder, <laughs> I, soldering
1: I was- in there, and yeah. You- connected it. I put it in right next to where the Neo Geo memory card goes <laughs> and uh, as I said I was, I was kind of taken aback by it. It was very high quality mm. that's the thing like when you think about the technology that some music was running on back then. Right. You'd play a game on a Super Nintendo and then play it on a Mega Drive and you're like why does the Mega Drive game sound like they're playing someone's arsehole because it sounds like <laughs> it's, the bass is all farts. The horrible fart bass that came out of the Mega Drive.
0: (laughs) The Mega Drive, also known as the Sega Genesis, had some great music, but I guess its hardware didn't lend itself to creating great music because there's a lot of great Mega Drive or Sega Genesis tunes with video game music, but um, there's also much more bad with its tinny, sort of hollow, soulless, you know, what was it? An FM synthesizer, I think, was inside that machine. But yeah, it's um, it was a unique system. I don't want to bag on it, because I, li- I like the way the Sega Genesis sounds, but I do agree that there was a lot of bad, farty bass lines in a lot of, <laughs> a lot of games. That and like this weird kind of
1: thing sounds yes. that everybody made.
0: Yeah. For me, there
1: was a lot of games that had good music mm-hmm. on the Mega Drive, especially uh, if you ever played Sword of Vermilion. Oh yeah, sure Uh, That game has fucking great music Yeah But uh, I think a lot of games back then Especially ports Were just kind of like That's fine That's good enough Right Right You know, nobody's paying attention Obviously the Streets of Rage series Is some of the best music ever made For a video game
0: Yes, I agree with this
1: Actually yesterday I was listening to a remix album Of Sonic the Hedgehog uh, Songs Okay Because I had to go fast To get into
0: town
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Um I realized that Scrap Brain Zone, you know that, uh, the Scrap Brain Zone in Sonic 1? Yes, yes. I was like, wow, the music of this is just completely ripped off from the main Blade Runner theme.
0: Yes, it is, yes. Chris (laughs) and I were talking about the 80s, but even in the 90s, like, video game developers did not give a shit about infringing on copyrights. Earthbound <laughs> being a great example of the 16-bit era where they were just ripping Beatles songs. That and, um, like, obviously when they
1: would be like, we need a boss. Uh, will will we design a new one? No, just make it Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? or Spider-Man or Godzilla or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make a giant <laughs> so Batman the, in here. Burning fight on the Neo Geo. Okay. The, the one where the old man gives you a handy. And, like, the first boss is just the ultimate warrior. They're not even trying. It was fast and loose back then. And uh, they
0: put all that effort into the handy uh, <laughs> animation. animation. <laughs> yeah. we got to uh-huh. really get that stroke down, guys. Uh, you know, <laughs> I know we're behind on schedule, but we got to tighten up that stroke. It just, it's got to look better. <laughs> Actually, I don't
1: think he gives you handy. I think he just sucks you off. It's, uh <laughs> It's fucking crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, none of that happens in uh, Mystic Warriors unless you're Brad. And then when you rescue your comrade after they've been in uh, entra- you. So what happens is your friend is captured and later on he's put into the brain of a giant gorilla robot and you have to fight the giant yep. gorilla robot and break him out. And then you're in a minecart scene and Brad will grab the friend and slump him over the mine cart to rescue them, and then the stage ends. But Brad has these giant beads, so it looks like he's about to do, like, a ripcord on his friend <laughs> who's hunched over the mine cart, if you can use your imagination to... Uh See what I'm trying to describe here, which gave me and my brother a a good laugh out loud moment because he was playing as Brad. Yes, I did play this two-player, and I played through it as a single-player, and I will say that the two-player experience definitely helps. And playing it back-to-back so close, probably not a good idea because I was starting to get burnt out on the single-player run-through. But I will return to this game because I I think it's fun, and if I had more people, I think it'd be even more fun to have all four ninjas ninjaing about John, uh, you and I, both big fans of Sunset Riders, it hits a lot of yep. those notes. And I'm not asking you to say one better than the other, but did it live up to the expectations for you since you picked yeah, this game?
1: I, like, as I said, I felt like this was an improvement on Sunset Riders. Mm, um, yeah. There's little things in the game that just went above and beyond. You know the, when you reach the guy who kidnaps your friend at the beginning? Yeah. And as you walk up to him, there's this little bald dude in the background playing a lute. Yes, and that's the music you hear stuff like that, like, you didn't get the kind of environments and the kind of depth to the environment in Sunset Riders as you did here, yeah. and obviously uh, Sunset Riders had great music as well but this, I think the technology was just better, mm-hmm. or they knew what they were doing better, uh, I think both games are great, I would probably actually say if you want to enjoy Sunset Riders, if it looks like your kind of game play that first and then play this Right, because it might feel like a technological step down to go backwards gotcha. but uh, they're both great games and I'll be honest with you there's a the thing that really struck me about Mystic Warriors is that it's quite fair yeah it, I agree it, with it, that
0: you got a health bar and um, it'll occasionally give you some food items sushi udon yeah. it'll say it when you eat it and I felt that it was very generous with those health items and I agree. I, it's something of note that the game wasn't just a court. Now, there were moments in the game, some boss battles specifically, that were not fair. They would kind of corner you into a section where uh, you couldn't really dodge the hazards that were coming at you. I'm thinking particularly of that skull train where there's a you know, skull head in, this, uh, in the center. And then there are three turrets on either side of that shooting bullets. It's very hard to get out of the way of those shots while trying to still hit the skull head. Everything's hit hit it in the face. That's the pro player tip for all the bosses. But aside from those few moments, I felt the rest of the game in a whole was very fair. I agree with that. I found with a lot of the bosses that I could
1: find the safe zones pretty easily. Yeah, and, yeah, most uh, of them, I you agree. Know, like, I, some of those bosses, like the one you said, the skull train, which has like the kind of rogue cannons, mm-hmm. just firing. Directly at you. Those are kind of difficult, obviously. But it's like you know the big kind of samurai with the that you fight at the end. These big robot samurai, yeah. And it's actually one of the coolest levels because you're going up an elevator, and behind you there's this big kind of demon statue. And um, the way he fought me, I was able to figure out how to fight back against him. And there was still a challenge there,
0: right? The same with the uh, electro or whatever he was. You know, oh, the, the uh, grand wizard with the battery on his back. Yes,
1: he was tough at this for the first minute, but then I figured him out. And it was the same with the, the three guys, like the, the big fat samurai and these two skinny ninja pals. There was ways and means you could tell that there's a pattern here. Whereas like a lot of times, this thing that's most frustrating with bosses in particular, it's when they don't have a pattern that you can easily figure out. Like, to go back to Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, I don't know if you've played that game. No, I haven't. The last boss is this guy called Senator Armstrong. Okay. Um, and guess what? He has big, strong arms. <laughs> but, I could have never guessed. But he's ridiculous. And the only thing you can do is chip away at him. And it takes ages to get anywhere with. And <laughs> that, kind as far as I'm concerned, is bad bosses. On, right. Because there should be a way I can compete with him. Sure. In this game, where it's just kind of like, okay, the boss is powerful. And I'm powerful. And I just have to find the best way to fight them. Right. Whereas... When a boss is overpowered and
0: it's just like, no, you're just going to have to grind, just grind for the next two hours here to try to beat this fucking thing. Yeah. I like the philosophy behind that design. The boss can be more powerful than you, but you need to have the skills to mitigate that boss, whether that's a pattern or otherwise, you know, or learning their pattern. But yeah, I, I agree that that is the distinction between this game and a lot of its contemporaries, which... Didn't do that. It was just a slog to get past each stage. So sounds like we both like it. We both we would return to mm-hmm. it. You have any other feelings about it?
1: As I said, it's one of those games that you look at
0: it and you think, why didn't this come out
1: on a console? Sure, I agree with that. You know, like nineteen ninety three, the the PlayStation was still a year away in Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, this should have this game should have been on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, it's uh, one of those games that you kind of go. Oh, why didn't I get to play this one as a kid? Because I don't know how many machines they made. And I don't even... I think the version I played was a European version, so it definitely did come out over here as well.
0: Yeah, the cabinet I found online looks like it was several other (laughs) cabinets previously. The side art looks like it was printed in sheets of 8.5-11 crack and peel that they segmented together. So definitely not the original cabinet. I personally like to think that they had an office guillotine that they (laughs) cut them all with. The game definitely reminds me of 1991 in a lot of ways. The music, the art direction, the tude. I think if you like Sunset Riders, Gunstar Heroes, you're going to dig this game a lot. And if you're nostalgic for the early 90s, this game's going to hit a bunch of notes for you. I think we should wrap up with our one sentence reviews. Certainly. Okay.
1: My one sentence review is. The sun hasn't set on and Gun Gaming. It rises in a futuristic
0: fire east full of frantic fire. Oh, fuck. i tap out, man. That was good. That was some good (laughs) writing right there. Shit. I should have went first. Alright, um... Here's here's mine. Who gives a shit? Uh, Even after your stinky cheese comrade bites the bullet, you're only halfway through this fast-paced shoot-em-up romp. Yeah. <laughs> fucking stinky cheese. Yeah. Well, what? it's because it's the person who's not picked. The stinky cheese sits alone, you know? Uh, I thought it was a Doritos thing. <laughs> you know, <'cause> <laughs> Just to go with the whole 90s nostalgia.
1: Well, that and the fact that they're all clearly up at the house at the beginning, cosplaying and watching um,
0: <laughs> Doritos.
1: Fuck, fucking Fist of North Star whatever. <laughs>
0: a good friend of mine and a fan of the show, Anthony describes the cosplayers or mouth breathers that inhabit conventions as people with Dorito lung and you have to be careful at (laughs) conventions because you can get Dorito lung (laughs) and hey speaking of conventions August 12th and 13th come see us live at the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo in Garden City New York at the Cradle of Aviation we will be recording a live episode as a part of the event Be a part of that audience. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you enjoy what you hear, please, whatever program you use to download the show from, please subscribe, one. And then, two, leave a rating and review, five stars only. Uh, Because it really does help. It it helps the metrics, helps propagate the show. It puts us on lists. It it helps us climb lists. And uh, it costs you absolutely nothing. We're also on many different social media platforms. On Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash Games. Twitter, at WeTalkGames. And Reddit is r slash WeTalkGames. For John E. Capcom, I'm Kyle Von Kubik. Hey, thanks for joining us. And remember, to beware of Skull, Enterprise On, it's sure to be a mega hit. We'll talk at you next week. Yeah, just pause for a second. You're uh, you're roboting out like, real bad. You got anything running in the background or no? Ah, uh, shit. Yeah, you're breaking up real bad. Uh, let me let me see if I got anything. Go. Hang on just a second. Let me pause the recording. I can
1: You're going. I'm just getting rid of all of my, uh... Oh, you sound better now. So, so, you
0: sound real clear. Uh, okay. Um, what was I saying? I was just discussing the level design.
1: Yeah, I was getting a lot of arcades, but I didn't... The last... The last... Like, the last... The last... The last... The last... The last... The last... If we just in, put through, and I'm mm. it a But... The... Also, like all the, the... kind of... Backings are very different. It's for like the If you know, and... the new All... step
0: for Yeah, uh, were That's all roboted out and shit. Fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Skype, it just sucks. Say everything you just said again.
1: I can't remember really... uh, okay. awesome. what <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.